Hello and welcome. My name is Roger Quayle, and you are listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Hello and welcome back to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. My name is Roger Quayle, and thank you for joining me. Today we're on to gig 12 and we're going to see the Smirks at the Limit Club. Now, regular listeners may be thinking, hang on Roger, you've already done the Smirks, and this is true. If your 1978 was all about going to see The Clash and The Ramones, I am very, very happy for you and somewhat jealous. However, my 1978 was all about going to see bands like the Smirks and The Push, underdog bands with local followings who you felt you could get close to. So here we go. It's back to the Smirks and back to the Limit Club on Friday the 3rd of November 1978. The Hall Car Tavern, Pittsmoor. It's a Sunday evening in the middle of October and I'm savouring a legal pint of best bitter, having reached my 18th birthday just a couple of weeks earlier. On the jukebox, Susie Sue wails away on the dreadnought dirge Voices, which we've discovered on the B-side of Hong Kong Garden. It's worth 10p a go just to see the looks on the faces of the regulars as they wonder what's happened to Elvis and Moody Blue while this atonal horror show creeps around the lounge on the cloud of Nina Ricky and players number six. As usual, I'm out with my bandmates, Vinna, Lango and Wilma. And with us tonight is Wilma's bird, Cookie. Huddled in the snug, we are agog and not a little aroused, as Lango describes his matinee visit to the Cineplex earlier to see Last Tango in Paris. Carl says, It's pretty boring, to be honest, until they get the butter out. What? Go on. Erotic practices incorporating dairy produce is way beyond my somewhat limited sexual experience. I've been trying to butter up the barmaid here for the last six months. I'm clearly going wrong somewhere. Meanwhile, next to me, Wilma is staring at the door. Or rather, he's focused on the illuminated green sign above it, with the white capital letters and the chap leaving in a hurry. He speaks. That's what we should call the band. What? Get the butter out? No. Exit. Think about it. Those emergency signs are everywhere. Pubs, clubs, cinemas, offices. It's amazing free publicity for note. He continues. It worked for Push, didn't it? The Push are our current local pub rock heroes, who are apparently subconsciously prompting fans to open doors the world over. So far this year, we have been called The Sounds, The Answers, Aftermath, and briefly, for one psychedelic summer weekend only, Om. I like it. It's better than Aftermath. Yeah, it sounds more new wavy. Okay, exit we are then. Let's have a drink. Just before we leave, crazy rock and roll pranksters to a man, we blow 50p on the jukebox, putting voices on repeat. And it's with silly gestures like this, almost a full year since the release of Nevermind the Bollocks by the Sex Pistols, that we are, in our own little way, 
surrendering to the Jupiter-like gravitational pull of punk rock. For starters, we've started writing our own songs. Not particularly punky, but compact, fizzy, power-pop efforts with titles like Love Tactics, Cheat and Clubland. The latter being a first-hand tale of woe about the baby shaman bingo circuit on which we were so recently trying to become a fixture. We also have a white boy reggae song called Boost Me Skywards. It's about taking drugs, which none of us have. The rhythm is anemic enough to make Dreadlock Holiday look like the work of Lee Scratch Perry. Another song, the Tom Robinson-esque Swinton Street, is about being pulled over by the cops. Another realm of illegality about which we are innocently clueless. The closest any one of us has ever got to a run-in with the law is watching the Sweeney on a Monday night. Our cover versions are getting cooler too. Bowie's Rebel Rebel. You Really Got Me by The Kinks. Songs by Eddie and the Hot Rods, Mink Deville and the Boomtown Rats are all added to our set. Okay, so there's no room yet for White Man in Hammersmith Palais. We can't work out the words. But after a couple of years of playing Red Sails in the Sunset and Crocodile Rock, these contemporary kicks feel positively revolutionary. The seismic shiver of 1977 has also impacted on others at our school. A couple of lads in our year have started the brilliantly named Stunt Kites. And my Bebop Deluxe buddy Brent is drummer in a punk band called The Surgeons with two other kids from the year below us. We've been hanging around with both bands, lending them gear, sitting in on sessions, and it's rubbing off on us like Swarfiga. One of our favourite bands is Mancunian punk poppers The Smirks. Vinner and I saw them at the limit back in July, so when we see in the local paper that they are returning to the same venue, we vow to see them again. And such is our ardour for The Smirks that we managed to drag along a sizeable contingent from our school. There's Vinner and myself, Lango, Wilma and Cookie, plus Timbo, ex-bandmate, unavoidable in lessons and thus still on good terms, and two girls from sixth form, Wadey and Bendy. We're in good spirits as the serve and return of Friday Night Rejoinders struggle to be heard above the good-natured hubbub in The Limit. It's like Bowie, in it. This ain't rock and roll, this is Grenocide. So he said John Groves. I thought he was the bass player in the average white band. For their part, the Smirks are working hard at building a following. Tonight will be their 81st gig of the year, a show every four days on average, and their fifth visit to Sheffield. They are also the first band I have paid to see twice. Their hard work is paying off. The limit is busy tonight, more so than when 50 early adopters me and Vinna included, saw them here back during the summer. Three of the band, Simon Milner, Neil Fitzpatrick and Ian Morris, have been playing together since 1975, when they spent a year busking for baguettes and bottles of Bordeaux in Paris, playing as the Crabs. A smut-smudged name, if ever there was one. Adding Mike Doherty on drums, the Smirks played at a Stiff Records talent night in Liverpool back in January, and were spotted and signed by Berserkly Records, home of Jonathan Richmond and the Ruby News, back in March. It's November now, 
and bonfire night is on Sunday, but the smirks bring the fireworks early, snapping like jumping jacks around the limit stage. Watching them, with their record deal, endless touring, roadies and peel session, we are envious. Exit's diary has just two bookings between now and Christmas. The smirks play with the intuition that comes with performing night after night, a sense heightened by being close personally as well as professionally. There are sing-alongs, calls and responses and choreography. Their songs unite the classic English pop tropes of the 60s with the piss and vinegar of punk, where the imaginary writer credit on the record label reads Lydon and McCartney. Unknown to us, as we gleefully bounce along, there are rumblings of discontent at Smirk's HQ. The band's debut single, OK UK, was hard to find in the shops. A local store that ordered 50 copies received two boxes of Smurfs singles instead. Their record label, Berserkly, wants them to be more wacky, zany and quirky. A Mancunian monkeys with four Davy Jones clones. But the band see themselves more like The Clash, albeit a homely, good companions version illustrated by L.S. Lowry, rather than Ray Lowry's Quiffs and Leathers Bad Boys. The Smirks play both sides of their new single, the rambunctious Rosemary and the daft Lancastrian skank Up, A Up. The boards, which have been relentlessly punished for the past hour, succumb and a corner of the stage collapses, prompting raucous cheers from the well-oiled, giddy Friday night crowd. Unfazed, the band regroups on what remains of the platform and finishes their set to unanimous approbation. Elated and exhausted, the Smirks leave us. They start recording their debut album next week. Glowing, grinning and a little bit drunk, we shuffle towards the door and the inevitable illuminated green and white sign. Look, says Wilma to no one in particular. There it is again. The Smirks fell out with Berserkly Records in 1979 and their debut album remains unreleased to this day. The band released two more singles on their own label before splitting up at the end of 1980. You have been listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts with me, Roger Quayle. Thank you to Brent and Amy, thank you to John Wyman, and thank you for listening. See you again next time. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.